we justify it right now. And uh, so I'm oh, having gadget we're streaming. Envy. Says we're streaming. Andrew, oh. we can't hear you, pal. Andrew, we can't hear you. No. <laughs> no sound, Andrew. Make one of us the host and then log out and back in. Yeah, I think we're live, but hey, people, um, <laughs> we're here with Michelle Long. Um, Andrew Wall is there, but we can't hear him. I hope you guys can hear us. <laughs> can he make you, Brad, the host, and then oh, he could log out and back in? I think he, I'm not sure what just happened. I He's think he talking. Could. I still can't hear you. Maybe he can, they can, maybe he, they can hear him, but they can't hear us. I think we lost our live feed. I don't see it anymore. It says live on Facebook. I guess it does. Hey, <laughs> there he is. Are you back? Yeah, I'm back. So apparently, did we lose our intro? We may have to do that one more time. Counting could be cool. There we go. I don't see the feed. Andrew Wolf. Our mission make accounting fun. Follow us as we chat with amazing guests every Friday. Are you ready? Woohoo! 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 <laughs> okay, Andrew is struggling with audio issues today, clearly. Um, but we're back with another amazing guest. I think most of you uh, know who she is. Um, she's famous for QB Power Hour. Um, she's also taught probably half of you guys advanced cert. <laughs> Um, she's been, you turned pretty much around the world. I think I was looking at a post, uh, where you were bringing Twinkies over to a bunch of people in the UK. I did. <laughs> I gotta ask you what that old Twinkies thing is all about. That's a great story. I'd love to share it. <laughs> yeah. but for those of you who don't know, uh, have you been under a rock? Yeah. If anyone who's I'm sorry. Rock, I had to jump in there. If you're, you've been under a rock, if you don't know Michelle Long. Yeah, the amazing Michelle Long, uh, also P.S. the founder of Long for Success. Just one other tidbit mm -hmm. of information yeah, about that it. test file in QBO when you go in and you uh, and you mess around with the test file. That'll be uh, Michelle's doing. I was now, messing with it the other day. Actually, that's only in the other countries. It's not in the U.S. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Canadians, we Canada, Australia, yeah. London, I think Singapore. I can't remember where else. It was like, I think four or five other countries, but yeah, I did that. I was using that the other day to show a client something. And they were like, what's this long for success thing? <laughs> long story, get it? <laughs> yeah. so, so, is it the same test file in different countries? Because obviously I only know the Canadian one. I use the same data, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty, multi, it's multi-currency. It's got a lot of stuff in it. So I can see how that would work in other countries. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is, you know, we had a sample company here in the U.S., but nobody else did. And so that was something I did for Intuit several years back. Was, and so I created one data set that I then used for multiple countries. Yes. Smart. Uh, so speaking of data sets, um, I know you've been tracking a lot of data on your um, recent battle with COVID. <laughs> um, so glad to hear that you're doing better now and we're thrilled to have you with us. Um, I can imagine it must have been a pretty tough ride for you. Can you tell us a bit about it? Oh, yes, it was a tough ride. So, um, okay, so I have this 83-year-old uncle who's a war veteran, been to Vietnam, and you know he's one of those Kaji old men who love to sit around the VFW sharing stories with his buddies and playing poker and going to bingo and dances and all this. So Tuesday night, my uncle Don went to a poker game. 
On Friday, we had a funeral for my aunt Charlene, not his wife, but an, another aunt um, who had passed away. I was nervous about going, but my mom and my other aunt wanted to go. And I'm like, you guys can't go. You know, you're too old. You have too many symptoms. You're too high risk. I will go and I will live stream it so you can watch the funeral. Well, at the funeral, that was on Friday. So Tuesday night, he played poker. Friday night, he had symptoms. And the buddy that he plays poker with had tested positive. So he had just sat by this guy several hours, no masks for either one of them. And he found out Friday night, he started having symptoms and he found out that this guy had tested positive. So I wore my mask on and off. I did pull it down some because of glasses start fogging and stuff yep. during the funeral. But I was at least probably six feet away from him during the funeral service. He didn't wear a mask at all. Most of the people at the funeral had the mask on most of the time. Mm -hmm. But when we got to the cemetery, I got out of the car, walked over to the gravesite, didn't grab my mask. And I did talk to him fairly closely, no masks for either one of us for a good 10 to 15 minutes, you know, graveside. Right. Um, but anyway, so he was then symptomatic Friday night and you're most contagious. I learned this. I did a lot of Googling. Mm -hmm. You're most contagious when you come down with it or the day or two ahead of time. And so he was the most contagious that afternoon when we saw him. Right. Five of us at the funeral caught COVID. So that happened Friday, Wednesday morning at 4 a.m. I woke up at, um, with fever and chills and, and I thought, oh, crap, you know, because we knew now, by now that he was sick yeah. and we had found out what had happened. So by 10 o'clock Friday morning, I was able to go into urgent care and I got a rapid test. I knew by 10 o'clock that I had now tested positive. So then my sister and her friend went in and got tested. His granddaughter caught it. His other two of his granddaughters caught it. I then gave it to my husband. Uh, the, one of the granddaughters gave it to her dad. One of the granddaughters gave it to her wife. So now we got eight of us now that have gotten this all from him. So it was... Not a go, good Uncle. thing. Huh? It must have been scary, yes. too. It was. When they told me I had it, I was scared big time because, you know, I'm kind of old. You know, I'm not old, old, but I'm kind of old. I have high blood pressure and I'm obviously overweight. And I thought, oh, no, I'm in big trouble. So being the accountant that I am, you guys <laughs> can appreciate this. I started researching all the statistics, you yeah. know, and I, and I found that for my age and this and that, you know, the chances of getting a bad case of it are only 15%. The chances of like dying from it are like, you have like 99.9% .9 chance yeah, you're going to be okay. Low. Yeah. Yeah. So 85% are better odds that I'm not even going to wind up in the hospital. So I kept looking at the numbers, looking at the statistics rather than listening to the news and listening to all these other, you know, they always want to tell you worst case scenarios mm -hmm. being the accountant that I am. I, researched and looked at the numbers and that helped and the me actual facts <laughs> yes yes that helped me to you know kind of have a better outlook so the first week wasn't terrible my symptoms were fever and um a bad bad cough like i would cough so bad i would throw up um mm -hmm. and you know i i just awful awful cough so i mean it, and i was in bed 16 to 20 hours a day like i was barely getting out of bed and by the second week you know, my husband was bringing in Gatorade. He was bringing me cough syrup. 
because if I would get up and go out to the kitchen and get it, then I would start coughing and I would throw it all right back up. So, I mean, it was awful. Um, I did lose 14 pounds. So it's good jump start on my diet. <laughs> I love the optimism. <laughs> yeah. So that was, I had to force myself to eat, you know, a couple of crackers. Oh, the doctor did prescribe. Cause I, I went into urgent care for the test, but then I went to and called my doctor and told him, I got COVID. What am I supposed to do? And it was interesting what they told me to do. They wanted me to start taking a baby aspirin every day, start taking baby a, aspirin, aspirin, a, a, a baby aspirin. Okay. Because uh, because COVID can cause blood clots. So that's yeah. a blood thinner. A Zyrtec, I guess, for the antihistamine kind of properties for the lungs or something. A uh, Pepsid, Pepsid for mm-hmm. like heartburn and stuff. And I thought, what? So I started looking at what the active ingredient of that is. And whatever it is, they had prescribed that for the president as well, that okay. active ingredient in Pepsid. I also was taking um, vitamin C. I took some elderberry gummies and I think vitamin D. Oh, and zinc. And so I heard you know, about zinc. Yeah. yeah. I think zinc, vitamin D are some big things. Um, but anyway, I thought it was interesting, all the different things they had take, taken. And I was doing regular cough syrup until they prescribed some Teslon pearls for me. Those things are like magic. They like really work. <laughs> Teslon pearls? I had never oh. heard of them before, but it's Teslon pearls. It's a teeny tiny little like gel pill. Oh, it, it works really good. I liked it. It was great. And it's, but yeah, it's, I was, I was in bed like 20 hours a day. I didn't want to talk to anybody. People would text me. How you doing? Same. <laughs> you know, I had a hundred. Why, that's why I didn't ask you to join us, Michelle. You sounded like you're going through a rough patch, but yeah. when you posted one day on Facebook and you sounded like you're on your way back. I thought, okay, now's my time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had you on my radar and it's like, well, it's probably not the best time. I still cough occasionally with activity. Like if I walk upstairs or I go do something, I still get a coughing fit once in a while, but it's been like October 7th was the date that I was um, diagnosed. And so it's been, I've been over it symptom free for at least a couple of weeks now. So I'm thankful, very thankful that I don't have the long-term impacts that some people are talking about, mm-hmm. but I guess I'm still not in the clear because sometimes it can come back and kind of hit you later and stuff. And I was just talking to a doctor. I actually went in for another COVID test today to try to show that I'm negative. So my mom won't freak out quite so much. (laughs) Um, But, and I was asking her, I said, okay, I should have some immunity for some period of time where I'm not going to catch it. Right. And, you know, could I get around my mom? And she's like, no, you still should do, you know, the social distancing, the wearing your masks, the sanitizer, you know, still stay away from her because she's such high risk and they really don't know. Yeah, that's, you the know, big. right. Whether I can pass it on to them or not. She said, it's not worth taking the chance, Yeah, you know, cause my mom, it would be a death sentence if she got it. She's got a lot of COPD and Mac and other issues and, but it's, it's not been pleasant. The good news is out of the eight of us that got it, most all of us are pretty good. Um, now from the older people who are at the, the VFW, I heard today from my sister, two of them are in ICU and oh, wow. we don't think they're doing very well. My uncle had kind of got better for a little while, but now he's still not doing good. He lost 30 pounds. He went from 180 to 150. He's wow. still not eating. He's still extremely tired and, and, you know, kind of having some issues. Um, 
I lost 14 pounds, was thrilled, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> it's a good jump start on the diet. It's like, yeah, okay, I got a good start now. Let's keep going, you know. <laughs> that took me a month with Noom. <laughs> yeah, they go stick with Noom. I don't want to do the COVID diet right yeah. now. I, I don't recommend it. I really but don't. As, as I was telling you offline, um, a lot of the reason I decided to go down that road was because of COVID can hit people hard with comorbidities. And yes. they say that they haven't figured out the connection yet, but they know that that people that are overweight are definitely at higher risk of having more extreme symptoms and yes. and dying. The the yeah. death rate is much higher. So that was and, uh, the big start of the pandemic. You know, we're all sitting around yes. staring at the TV, wondering what's next. And what do we got? We got junk food in front of us, a bag of chips or you know, whatever, you know, yeah, the comfort food. I heard the COVID-19 is you gain 19 pounds because of COVID. Probably, <laughs> yeah, I, like I, was, the I was definitely tip. headed down that. So. <laughs> I was definitively headed down that. It was Brad who really kind of inspired me to, to, to give Noom a try. And so far, so good. It's still only been like a month. So it's still pretty early on. Um, but it's, it's amazing what an impact it's having in even just a month. Like I'm down about 15 pounds. Nice. Um, that's great. Congratulations, buddy. Yeah. That's good for I, the month. That's just back to where I was. But what's really <laughs> interesting is because COVID does this thing where they just try to give you a little bit more of an incentive. You do 300 more steps a day, right? Yeah. This, this idea of small um, incremental change. Yeah. Right. Totally. Right. And I went back and looked at my steps over the over the last year, and how bad we were. Oh, and how bad we were. And what it was <laughs> is like it went like this, right? COVID, boom, right? Yeah. Down, 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 and then all of a sudden, in the summer, it started to go back up, but nowhere near. And then, literally, I've doubled my steps month over month yeah. from what I was doing just by taking an extra three hundred steps a, a yeah. day. Oh, that's uh, great. It yeah. doesn't take much. It's those incremental changes. That's where I've had a lot of success. You know, it's, it's just, Noom talks about it early on. It's just this concept of movement, staying in motion, even if it's just, and, and us as accountants, we sit around for hours on end. And I, yeah. I knew that because I had my Apple watch, like Andrew said, he tracked his progress. So he was able to look back and I look back at how often that I wasn't meeting, you know, stand goals. That just means yeah. you stand up at least once every hour for 12 hours. Right. And I wasn't hitting that, um, hardly any steps. And it measures, you know, your movement. They use calories. And it was just like, holy crap. And, and same with Andrew, just dropped right off at the, at the I was start under of the two, pandemic. I was under 2,000 steps a day on average um, <laughs> before I started to get moving again. And it was, I mean, it was really like, I would realize like some days, like literally I was getting like no steps in like a couple hundred. I'd get up, go to my car, drive my kids to school, get out of the car, come sit at my chair all day, yep. not, <laughs> not do anything. And it's just been, like I said, like these little things. So I first, the first day I was like, okay, I'll walk my son to school, but I'll drive and pick him up afterwards. And then you start to get there. You're like, now like, I'm going to walk. Well, and it's also that competitive nature that I think yeah. all of us have a little bit of a competitive yeah. nature. Yeah. And it's like, now I, I got to do better than last. I can't, I can't yeah. go backwards. Yep. I can't go. I can't <laughs> I I've, I've been up. doing that too. That's kept me going. I mean, I've been doing it since April and what, you know, I dragged myself out last night. Now? What's that? Well, last yesterday I had to do a lot, but I'm, I'm doing about 20,000. Wow, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. great. That's like really I just good. go out now and I have this little circuits in my neighborhood, you know, I'll go out and I'll do 
I live in a place in a community called Prestwick and there's Prestwick circle. It's about three kilometers, about two miles. It's, it's a, it's a loop and it's kind of mindless. You don't really have to think about it. So I, I've got into that habit of just, I, I always throw in my AirPods, turn on uh, usually a podcast. I've been listening to the news a lot lately and um, oh, I just walk. Punishment. <laughs> well, and, and as if everyone knows me is that, um, yeah, I may be Canadian, but I, I take a real interest in, in U.S. politics every four years, always have. So obviously there's lots going on right now. Yeah. And, but I find I just, I go out, I get into a mode and I can walk. Like last night, I, I was way behind on my, on my goals that I'd set for myself. But I didn't have a ton of energy. I walked for 13 kilometers. I didn't even know. Oh that. my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, got home last night. I was dripping sweat. And then I checked it later and I walked for 13 kilometers. Wonderful. Like, How did that happen? Like you can get into that mindset where, you know, you're, and, and I think in our profession, you know, there's lots of things. If you don't want to listen to a podcast, you can listen to an right. ebook. Um, I've listened to webinars before. I've actually, that's a tip that I've been giving to people is, you know, if you're in a webinar, and you don't need to be, and you're not part of the webinar. Like Michelle, you do a ton of webinars, so you can't just get up and go for a walk. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I guess you could with a headset or something. But if you're watching that webinar and you're not part of it, then why sit down? Why right, not right. Throw on a set of headphones and go. And, and that's what I've been doing. I've been walking around and I, I get into that habit. I can get in a couple hundred steps in the house, just wandering around and ma making a point of getting up. And it's just been become part of my routine. I never See, thought it, I'd stick yeah. with it. And new well, kind of teaches you that long-term behavioral sort of change. Yeah. And, and I think that's where these apps, you know, whether it's the Apple Watch and, and the fitness stuff from the iPhone or whether it's your um, – Oh, what is Fit it? My bit. husband has a Fitbit or any of these things that really helps. So Wearable. you guys got me curious about steps and all this. So I just looked back in my history when I had COVID the second week when I was the sickest. 256 steps See, in and a that was day. probably just going up going back and forth to the bathroom and maybe to the kitchen or that something. That is sad. Yeah. That is really sad. Oh yeah. my gosh. I hadn't looked at this. What's so even worse is I, I was doing that and I didn't even have COVID. <laughs> <laughs> well, I bought the very desk, you know, so you can stand up or sit, yep. but I still don't stand as much as I should. So yep. that's where I love the watch because it'll tap you and tell you, hey, you better yeah. stand. Yep. And you can't just stand. You have to actually move for a yep. minute or two for yeah, it to register. Exactly. So. There's actually a trick. Supposedly, if you just get up and you wave your arms back and forth, then you yeah. trick it. But I'm like, well, why, why cheat, right? I just have to stand up for a minute. How hard going to be? It's like and, golf. And, You're only cheating yeah. yourself, right? Exactly. Well, it, it's it's like the, the thing about Noom is it's kind of like it is a calorie watcher. Andrew's familiar with it. You keep track of your stuff. And sometimes I think, oh, I'm just going to eat this, not log it. And I'm thinking, What's the point? You know, I'm yeah. hiding it for myself. <laughs> and it's actually those days where I do cheat a bit that I don't have the best, you know, results yep. because you do all oh, just have one and one more of these, one more of that. And that's what they're trying to teach you is well, it is portion control more than anything because you can eat you know, anything you want. One of the things that I heard since, since we're talking about this and we can help other people with it. One of the things that I heard somewhere along the way is that you can't outrun or outwalk your mouth. You can eat way more calories in a hurry yes. and you're not going to be able to walk it off or run it off. Yeah. You, can, you know, yeah. you can down a thousand calories easy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
just oh, yeah. in, not realizing it. So tracking I, all that helps a lot. So there's an app. It's called My Fitness, Fitness Pal. Pal. That's yeah. I know that I know it very well. Actually, when Noom expires, one. I'm that's I use it actually because I have a Bluetooth scale that when I step on my scale on a daily basis, Noom actually picks it up, picks up the oh, data. Oh, that's great. But so does my fitness pal. But my fitness yes. pal gives me this progress graph. And you know, you can put yep. the picture of yourself in there and everything. So I I've been doing that every day. So my routine is in the morning, I get on the scale before I eat. Before yep. I start my day, and then I'll go out and do a selfie out on the front porch. Oh, yeah, that's nope. cool. See, now yeah. I'm not into the pictures. I don't want to no, do, do the pictures. But either. there is a free version of My Fitness Pal, and you can hook it to your Fitbit or to your Apple Watch yeah. so that all that data is feeding in there. And then you can record what you're eating and set goals and stuff. And it, it's got a free version. I've always just used yeah. the free version. Yeah, yeah it's very Noom like. What yeah. Noom does is they give you these daily affirmations. Hey, Andrew, it's like, uh, little da articles. Daily tasks, almost. Um, daily tasks, right? Like they, they quiz yeah. you and they they make you, you have to read a whole bunch of stuff. So I've done My Fitness Pal, which I think is a great app. Yeah. The fundamental difference, so I, I, and last time I used My Fitness Pal, um, it worked really well for me. And like it's the concept of tracking your food, because I think one of the things I'm learning as I'm learning more about food and my relationship with food um, is that most people, myself included, we way underestimate the calories we're, we're consuming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the yeah. sheer act of logging it, first of all, makes you realize how much you're eating. And then it makes you want to actually eat less. But the big difference for me is I'd used my fitness pal before and I was tracking my calories. And I was just like, okay, I just have to eat less. I can still eat whatever I want. I just have to eat less. But I found when I was using my fitness pal and I was dieting, I'd be hungry all the time, right? Like I'd be yeah. like, I only ate two slices of pizza and now I'm freaking starving. <laughs> what, what I learned from Noom is this, this, this concept of what they call calorie dense food. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so now like, and, and they're, they're the thing that's worked really well with me is they're like, we don't want you to take anything away. We want you to add on to what you're doing. So like one of the things I do now is that like I can have pizza whenever I want, but my rule for myself is if I'm going to have to, if I want to have a pizza, I got to eat a large bowl of salad before I touch a slice of pizza. There you go. So that yeah. I'm just a little bit more full. And, and also this concept of like, let's let's, I literally eat my pizza with a knife and fork now. Right. Like take your time. That's one down. thing. Yes. Yeah. It's about taking your time. Cause that's one thing, yeah. Michelle, you mentioned earlier, you can quickly jam a bunch of food and then run out the door and not think about it. Now I actually have smaller portions and I yeah. enjoy it. I take my time on it. And that was one thing they taught right. you is to enjoy your food. And I was notorious for just, you know, I was just a, a caveman when it came to eating. Well, one of the things I can't remember the program that I was doing, I need to get back on it. Um, but it was something similar to Noom, but they were all about, you know, don't deprive yourself of anything, but maybe just have three bites. You know, yeah. if, if it's, the holidays have three bites of pumpkin pie, don't have a whole piece. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they, but that's hard to do. Don't have right? those yeah. craving. It's not for me though. I I, I can do it was that. For me, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can have a very sweet tooth. And, and I, I like can have savory. just a taste and not eat it. So, um, but that's the other thing is getting the triggers very, out of your house. Very addictive yeah. personality. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as one sip here. Um, yeah, but that actually reminds me. Have you you guys heard about the uh, the new COVID at home testing? What? Uh, I like heard it, a little. 
Go ahead so, and tell us. Because you know how it's COVID when, when you get COVID, you lose your um, your sense of smell. Oh. Your taste. <laughs> I know, <laughs> you know where you're going. One, right? Yep. Still smell. <laughs> and still taste. That's uh, the sense of my... Time, uh, right? Yeah, you better keep testing there. <laughs> Make sure was, it's that, still That there. was actually... My niece had that. Um, she had no other symptoms except the smell taste thing. And oh, that really? was, was frustrating because... You think about it. You, I mean, smell and tasters are directly related. And if you're, you know, you're stuffed up, you don't taste your food as well. If you're not tasting your food, like what enjoyment is there? Right. You know, if you got like, I love, I, I got a weakness for chocolate or brownies or something. Can you, I just can't imagine just eating it because it's there. It's because it tastes good. You know, it's, right. it's one of those, or bacon, you know, bacon has a smell and a taste to it. Oh, I love bacon. Yeah. Uh, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you Canadians, your bacon's not like our bacon. No, we, we eat side have, bacon. I don't go in for the Canadian bacon. I no. like real, like side side bacon. proper bacon. Yeah. Real okay. fatty. Yeah. Because yeah. I know in some of my travels when I was up in Canada and I ordered eggs and bacon, I'm like, this is ham. This is <laughs> yeah. bacon. That's female bacon. Or what do we? What do we call that? That's female um, bacon. yeah, female back bacon. bacon. Back female bacon. bacon or back bacon. Funny, okay. Funny thing is, when I was in university, I, I, um, I basically slung female bacon sandwiches for a job every summer. So I've made like thousands and so thousands. You'd hate it. Oh yeah, that and 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 fried onions because it was female bacon and fried onions and sausages, um, and and we sold those and like at the CNE, which is the Canadian National Exhibition. Um, so it's a big giant fair that we have every summer. Yeah. Great, great job, but I will never eat female bacon. <laughs> never again. Huh? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. All right, so I have a funny Canada story I'll share with you. Well, so this we. One. We had gone up to Kelowna for, um, I forget your big bookkeeping group up there, their conference. Oh, uh, IPBC. Yes, yeah, they got yes, a new name that was now, it. But, right. So anyway, so, so one evening of the conference, they had a um, poker night. And so for part of poker night, they were doing that thing where who can find this in your purse or your pocket? Who's got this? So somebody asked for a, a loony. Right. And I it's said- and I'm like, what's what a loony? <laughs> you know, I'm asking like this little group I was with, I'm like, what the hell's a loony? <laughs> and they're like, oh, that's a $1 coin. And I said, what do you mean? Well, we have a $2 coin, it's a toonie. And I said, okay, I get a toonie, but why is a $1 coin a loony? <laughs> oh, because the, on it. it's got the a bird on it. on it is a loon. I'm like, oh, I should have known. <laughs> <laughs> I was so embarrassed, though. I didn't know what a loony and a toonie was. Well, I think we I... should be embarrassed as Canadians that we've chosen to call our coins a loony and a toonie. <laughs> well, you know, so then, the thing so is, then, is... Wait, wait, wait. One more thing. So then it digressed because several people had been having several drinks. So uh -oh. then the guy started talking about, you think that's bad. You should try taking loonies and toonies to the strip joint. <laughs> and evidently the women wear little pouches on their belts. And I'm like, oh my God. Because we don't God. have bills. <laughs> yeah, we haven't had bills in this a while. This is TMI. I don't need to know that much detail. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought you were going to say you end up at a strip joint, Michelle. <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't know. See I, this. Didn't, I didn't need I to know see, anymore. 
bookie, bookie, they party, don't they? I know. I they see. Do. I I see. Diane Mueller Mueller's here, and of course, she's heavily involved with CPB Canada. I went to when they did it in Calgary. They had their annual conference here. Yeah, they know how to party. That was a great party. It was. But anyway, so I learned all about loonies and toonies up there. So I guess Andrew and I have a habit of of commiserating about conferences we would be it's in san jose year, right now. down there do you know how much I my know. facebook feed is filled with stuff oh so you know it, all... go ahead no that's where we, we we all met i remember i remember it clearly when you're watching the goo goo dolls and elaine Orr, oh, yeah. the the beloved oh. elaine Orr, who we miss so much um she introduced me to you michelle and i had seen you speak in calgary before because into it brought you up to present and uh, I was like, oh, my God, it's Michelle Long. <laughs> you know, I remember that. And Elaine was always my conference buddy because yeah. she couldn't walk all that great. And I had back issues and I'd had foot surgery and I had all these issues. She and I would both share a pedicab and stuff and we'd go to events together and things. So we didn't have to walk the two or three blocks or whatever it was. We'd, we would share rides. And I remember her introducing us and stuff. And boy, I sure miss her. Yeah, I do And too. I miss these conferences. Me too. Yeah, you, you know, must because you travel. You go to a lot of different events. Yeah, your your frequent flyer miles must be like suffering. <laughs> oh, they are significantly. <laughs> but you know, Andrew, we were talking. You know, when we were coming in on this, we, I remember Intuit used to do these great events, kind mm -hmm. of for some of us beforehand, mm -hmm. and we got to go to great wineries. And Intuit, what I loved was at some of these events, like they had the 3D printers when those were first coming out. They had the Google glasses for us to try out. Mm -hmm. You know, they always were introducing us to some of this new tech and they would have these wonderful events at these beautiful mm -hmm. locations. And I just glad we were there at the right time and place yes. to get to do yeah. some of that. You know? I, I feel so fortunate. It was really like magical. It's, you know, we've talked about this many times in the show is, they really had a way of creating an experience. Yeah. <clears throat> it wasn't a conference. It was an experience. Yeah. And you walked away feeling like they made you feel like a rock star. They yeah. taught you something. Um, and they made you feel connected to a community in a way that I've never felt right. anywhere right. else in the world. That's why but, I'm feeling withdrawal. It's been a year, right? I like, know. It's hard it's... to believe that San Jose was a year ago. Mindy King reached out to me the other day just to say hi. And, and I was just so like I'm so happy to hear from her, but at the same time, yeah. it just reminded me that, you know, we're here and we're not there. And no. you know, what was so great about it was, you know, not just the training and stuff, but I don't know how they get accountants and bookkeepers who a lot of us are introverts. It's like accountants gone wild. Yeah. And, and I mean, and we are a bunch of huggers when you go see each other, you know, people are hugging. Oh, it's so good to see you. I mean, it's like a family. Yeah, social distancing is just not a concept that we're, we're comfortable I know, with. I know. It, it's how it's true. Everyone's that? always hanging over each other. It's like I know. the first year I went, um, I did get, I caught something. I caught a, a flu bug or whatever. And I was sick the whole time I was there. It's called a hangover. <laughs> well, no, but I, I, I got something and then I ended up getting Brian Tritt sick. But the following years, I would load up on, I don't know if you guys are familiar with emergency. It's like this yep. vitamin C cocktail. Yeah. And I would buy it, you know, a month in advance and make sure I was taking it every day and make sure my immune system, I was, you know, week leading up to it. I was trying to get some sleep and everything because you, you know, 
Andrew and I are notorious for just maximizing our time. We're the last ones to bed, <laughs> the first ones up. We make very long days of it, but that's hard on your system. Yeah. And the last thing I want to do is get sick again. So I've managed to, you know, I went there five years and just that first year was my learning experience. <laughs> and, you know, it's other conferences as well. You know, Michelle, we were at Scaling New Heights last year. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. It's just, they're long days. We start early, we go late yeah. and we, you know, there's the entertainment. Boy, and that's I'm, where you get a lot of steps in is at those things. Yes. Yeah, you do. And well, I- I, I really... used to struggle getting steps in the way my, my <laughs> feet are always tired. Now I'm like, I'm totally ready for conferences and I can't, I can't go. Well, and didn't you do something crazy that one year you got on, what was that thing? That, it's the two wheels and the you go on oh, this hoverboard. Yeah. Well, oh, that was you, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was an escalator, which uh, wasn't in Toronto. Uh, it wasn't so, probably the smartest idea. We have video. Oh my gosh! It. I thought I thought you were crazy. <laughs> I am definitely crazy. I, there's no doubt about that. And my strategy for dealing with uh, with sickness while I'm away is a little bit different. I just figure if I put enough alcohol in my system, yeah, that's true. It'll no kill viruses it. can live within that much alcohol. It's too bad that doesn't work for COVID, Andrew. You yeah, can just go out and walk there around you go. and not worry about it. I really hate that I'm missing scaling new heights next week, though. I had planned on going, but, you know, after the COVID, not knowing how I was going to be feeling and wondering if people were going to be scared, I was contagious and stuff. So I decided I better not go this year. But I mean, it's going to be so hard to see all these pictures of the because I know people are going to be getting together and posting them and, you know, it's just going to be hard and I'm going to miss seeing everybody. Do you know, know lots like, of people going? could. Even if I could go, though, I mean, to be honest, I mean, I wonder what attendance is going to be like. You, like but first I'm, of all, I can't go because I can't get into the States. <laughs> I'm good now. I should be immune. I could have gone. <laughs> yeah, you'd, be, you'd be okay. I you wouldn't have to worry spreader, about it. But you're immune. <laughs> it's in my window of immunity, I think. But, but yeah, I don't know how many people are there. I don't think Intuit is there at all because they told us they weren't doing any certification trainings. Right. Um, and yeah, I, I can't I imagine that they would want to quote unquote sponsor anything that could possibly be an event where people would catch right. it. They wouldn't want to be associated with that, I would think. So yeah. and Joe right. struggled in the past with financially with these these conferences at the best of times. Right. So I can't imagine how he's doing this year. Yeah. I, I'm anxious to see how many people are actually there. And mm. and I'm I'm hoping that everybody stays safe. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I, I worry about the aftermath you know, like a week or two weeks afterwards, mm. you know, because that's the sad thing is somebody could pick it up in the airport on the way down there. And then a day or two later, they're highly contagious and they don't realize it, you know? So, yeah. and that's what you talked about is that, that contagion level, right? Like, cause the place you're most likely to probably pick it up. Although interesting enough, I mean, I have a friend who's a pilot and he's telling me, I don't know how, Take it with a grain of salt because he's a he's a pilot, but he's saying that the airports are one of the actual one of the safest places yeah. right now. Easy um, to social distance and planes themselves right. actually have amazing air filtration in them. Apparently and why do I they get sick every time I go on a vacation? I know. <laughs> I've always wondered that because you're in this enclosed space, but apparently they've they've upped the game on the filtration. They got filters and, they, and all they, sorts of things. Yeah, they've really they've really stepped up because they they need people flying badly right now right. we all know how they're struggling so i've heard it's actually one of the safer safer things to do well surprisingly though because i thought okay so if now my husband and i are immune let's go somewhere 
you know, so I was looking, hey, let's go somewhere over, you know, like well, yeah, I mean, we can't leave the U.S. Can't even go. So my husband's not been to Niagara Falls. I thought, oh, we can fly into Buffalo. No, you can't fly into New York because you have to test negative and you got to do this. You got to do oh, that. That's and right. Jump through this hoop and that hoop. And and the flights are not cheap, you know, because I thought, oh, well, we can go visit my son in Boise. The flights aren't like cheap. I was hoping to get good airfares. And I, stuff would thought, and, I would have thought that, I, I thought our flights supposed to be all supply and demand. I know. I thought the prices should be pretty low right now. Anyway, I was quite surprised at all that. And I thought, okay, well, I guess we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. It's been one, one of the things that, cause now um, I work from home, obviously, which, um, you know, most accountants do, but even my wife is working from home now. I'm like, what if we could just go somewhere else and yeah. just work from there? Like, let's, let's go to the Caribbean. <laughs> there you um, go yeah. yeah you know and just like live on a beach and have the dream life <laughs> and homeschool the kids and my was like first of all we're not homeschooling our kids ever again that, 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 that three months was hell <laughs> oh i can't imagine doing that that would be so hard you know i'm just thankful my kids are old enough i don't have to do that so yeah how old are your kids now i saw some pictures of them water skiing behind your boats I met, and stuff. I met your son, uh, didn't I, Michelle? You, yes, you did. You did uh, last year was, at Salt Lake City. That's right. Because he lives in Utah. Boise. So Andrew, God, I hate to say their ages. I had him at a very young age. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. Andrew's 29 and Jessica's 26. And Andrew works for Intuit now. in the Boise. He used to be in the Boise office and now he's at home. But he started in the QuickBooks Live bookkeeper lab in Boise office where they would do the testing and all this before they would roll out the QuickBooks Live stuff. Um, but since then, he's now gone to working from home as a QuickBooks Live bookkeeper. Um, and he's really enjoying it and stuff nice. and, and yeah. having a good time. He, he's an amazing bookkeeper. He certainly got one of the best coaches I know. <laughs> Keep it well, the does shape. he listen to his mom? Uh, no, not a lot. <laughs> so Andrew, this is what's funny. So several years ago, he was in college and he didn't have an internship or a job for the summer. I said, all right, you're going to work for me and you're going to write a book. And he's, and he's like, what, what am I doing? I'm like, you're going to write a QuickBooks practice set. He says, mom, I don't know QuickBooks. I said, you will by the time we're done. <laughs> and I guarantee you he does. He does. And so anyway, he, he did 95% of the work on that thing. And he was watching Lost at the time. So oh, he would that. make up, he would take character names from Lost and that would be the customers or the vendors and the names that he would make up. So at one of the, the training events that I did somewhere, somebody came up to me afterwards or on the break and asked, are you a big Lost fan? I recognize the names in your like, practice. Well, my son is. <laughs> exactly. I binged that. That was one of the first shows I, I binged on Netflix. Yeah, I, yeah that was a good I, one I to binge. Well, I really, well, yeah, it's like, what the heck is going on? I have to know. <laughs> one there's more, so just many one more. seasons of it, but it's so yeah. addicting, isn't it? It was, it was a great one. Yeah. Um, but that actually brings us to like, I mean, we, we should circle back to maybe some accounting things. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> I mean, I wondered, like, you've literally taught thousands and, uh, of accountants and bookkeepers. What do you see people when, when they, when they, what are the questions you get most often in the search? In the cert courses well you know it's really different um because and it's interesting because as a trainer the core certification has a lot more people but you also have a lot more basic questions sometimes right like where, what's a debit 
how do I get into my account again? What's QBOA? <laughs> I mean, really basic stuff, you know, where we got to help them sign up for the pro advisor program and, you know, lots of really basic things. And then the, in the advanced, you have a lot less people taking the training, but they're also a lot more advanced in asking better uh-huh. and tougher and more client related questions and things. And so it, it is really a difference between the groups that you're training. Yeah. Um, but I just love it. And I love seeing the light bulb go on for people when they're like, oh, now I understand undeposited funds. You know, oh, that's how you deal with multi-currency. <laughs> that's what that thing is. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they don't teach you multi undeposited funds in, in your classes for bookkeepers or for accountants. It's not mm. something you learn. And, you know, it's a unique concept to QuickBooks. So it's really cool seeing the light bulb come on when they finally understand that or things like that. Yeah. Um, so I love those moments. The frustrating moments are when it's like, okay, let's all, you know, log into your account and start, you know, working on the test. And there, you know, lots of basic questions. Yeah. Well, yeah. I remember with my, when I did my certification, they were having technical issues left and right. Oh. The, the Wi-Fi was bad in the hotel. And, and on top of that, like this was still oh, that- fairly early on in, in the QBO journey there. And it was flake it out this is before they went to aws and it was just the performance was terrible yeah. so Mich- uh, sorry uh, rachel fish was teaching that day oh okay i love and rachel. her and, and jeremy burke were, were running the, and they did such a good job of keeping everyone calm and keeping everyone focused and we all ended up getting our certification we did our core certification that day yep. but it could have gone horribly wrong because so, of the that- technical issues yeah. And that's where we have to be prepared. And I think over the years, I've encountered every kind of problem that could possibly go wrong. But that's why a lot of times in our slide deck, we have backup slides in the in, in the case that something goes wrong. But I mean, I remember one time MB and I were presenting, I think in Washington, D.C. in a hotel there, and the internet went down for the hotel. Oh. And you look at each other and you're like, what do we do? And then you have to calm down and you think, your backup internet is the hotspot on your phone. So you turn that on. So and that'll get at least five people certified. Well, we turned on our hotspots and we were able to continue presenting, you know, so hopefully they get it going by the time we need to do the certification. So, so I always had my phone. So I had backup internet. Well, one time I got the privilege of presenting down in Curacao, which is a Dutch Caribbean Island. Yeah. First day of the conference, it was great. I could log in with my computer and everything worked great. Day two, I couldn't connect to the internet. And I'm like, oh, hotspot. Wait a minute. This is going to be international data rates. I'm an accountant. I'm too cheap for that. What am I going to (laughs) do? So this was really cool. I look around the room and I'm like, you have a PC, you know, because some people had Macs. Can I borrow your computer? Using someone else's computer, I was able to log into QuickBooks. I logged into my Google Drive to get my slides. Everything was going great until I tried to show them how to do the bookmark bar. And in the Chrome menus and the Chrome stuff outside of QuickBooks was in Dutch. <laughs> I, could fa- I could fake it on the username and password to log in. Because you'd seen it so many times. You know? <laughs> but when I tried to go to the bookmarks and tried to go to the menu and choose bookmarks, I couldn't read what it said there. <laughs> so I had to admit to the people, I said, okay, look, I'm faking it. I have no idea what this crap says. Which one of these is bookmarks? Can <laughs> <laughs> one of you please translate? <laughs> yes. But once I got in QuickBooks, it was all in English. You know, yeah. and everything was good. 
but it is challenging when you are in front of a room, you have to keep going. I had somebody um, have a seizure in my session one time. I heard about that. Where was that? that? Well, there was one that was at QuickBooks Connect uh, a couple of years ago that that Dan DeLong just mentioned. This one was actually here at an event in Kansas City. Um, and somebody, you know, towards the back of the room started having a seizure in the middle of the, the, the training. Well, luckily or unluckily, I don't know, my little sister had seizures for years, so I didn't get alarmed and I knew kind of what to do, you know, so I had to tell somebody at the back of the room, Hey, can you go get the intuit person out there? Tell them we have need some help in here. We have someone having a seizure. Those of you right by that person watch them, make sure that they don't start choking or vomiting or anything like that. Otherwise, I said, everybody else, please let's try to continue and not stare at them because when they come out of the seizure, they don't want all of us staring at that person and embarrassing them. And so, you know, it was really challenging, but we kind of tried to keep going. The person left, went out, you know, was okay and then they came back in and we continued on and they thanked me later you know they said thank you for not making a big issue of it and having everybody stare at me and you know Mm -hmm. you know canceling the whole thing or shutting it down or whatever they just thanked me for you know the way you handled it i guess you know and that's the thing is if i start panicking up front of the room everybody's going to start panicking you know so I couldn't wait to have a drink after that one, though. I was, oh my gosh. You, you'd probably make an amazing improv comedian because of all the years of having to think on your feet and think. Oh my God. And I've made so many mistakes. Okay. You want to hear a very embarrassing one? Oh, of go course. So this was when I was. When this Is it was more when embarrassing I was, than taking a scooter down an escalator? It, yeah. Well, to me, it was. <laughs> so the, I was. Um, this was when I was relatively new and I was training in Seattle and Seattle always has really large groups of multicultural people, people from all different ethnicities and, and things like that. So I'm in front of the room talking about the ProAdvisor program and all the benefits and the wonderful, wonderful um, tech support that we have as ProAdvisors and how they're all in Tucson. And I was trying to say they're trained in accounting. I said they're trained in English. And I immediately saw every ethnicity in this room all at one time. I turned my back to the group and I was like, oh, shit, what did I just say? I just told these people, you know, they're in Tucson and they're trained in English. I just offended half of my group here. This is awful. I could just feel beet red on my face. So I literally turned around and I'm like, you know, get my shit together. I saw something on the board. Oh, wait, there's no whiteboard. So I, I finally turned back around and I said, I cannot tell you how incredibly embarrassed, how incredibly sorry I am. Obviously, that is not what I intended to say. I truly did not mean any offense to anybody. And I expected all kinds of bad, awful reviews, but I think everybody was realized I was sincerely shocked by what I had said. And half them didn't understand what you said. And they all laughed at me. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think of that. But I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I just said that in front of this whole room. It was awful. <laughs> your session your sessions are great. I, I remember that one in Calgary. I was still so new to the QuickBooks world. I mean, there were a lot of sage people there that were really into the sage product. And Jeremy got a lot of people there. I don't know if you remember. It was a fairly big event. I remember event. Jeremy, yeah. Yeah, it was a fairly big event. It was like they, they they had the first day was just, it was 
they did certification on the second day and that's why they flew Rachel in to do that. But on the first day, it was more of a, you know, a, a typical Intuit event. Let's talk about cloud accounting. And then you came yeah. in and presented and I was just, cause I'd heard of you. I've, I, I knew between you and Hector, you're like the king and queen of, of QuickBooks. <laughs> so I knew of both of you and, and yeah, your, your uh, session was awesome. And then I, of course I've seen you in, in uh in uh, connect a few times and we still talk about that time where you were talking about wearing the quickbooks logo wherever you go it's that's good right PR. that was yeah. you i forgot yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then i got home and i tried it out and somebody says hey do you work for quickbooks and yeah it's uh that's why i wear swag although with, with the weight loss all my swag's so big now so all you app partners out there I take you a size medium now. I don't do XL anymore or double XL as I was headed down. Medium, please. And just that's why he's wearing seven. Oakley. That's back yeah. from when he used to be into biking, which is like 20 years ago. Yeah, I've actually have found a lot of stuff from a past life, but uh oh, that's yeah, great. all my all my swag is just kind of it's it's very massive on me now. So oh, that's great. placing orders with receipt bank and and, <laughs> and t sheets and the list goes on. Since you know, there's no conferences to get my own. I know. Isn't that crazy? You yeah, know, I really love <laughs> I know. They need to send us stuff. Yeah. I uh, Actually, David Leary sent me stuff from, um, oh, I uh, can't um, think of the name. Melio. Oh, Melio. Yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Melio. He yeah. sent me a little t-shirt and a, a little drink glass and all that. So that was kind of fun. But I miss getting all that stuff, you know? And to, to the app partners on there, too, it's amazing what an impact those unexpected gifts make don't they right when you just yeah. receive like even a like a small like even a pen right? yeah. like, just the yeah. you know we remember part. these right oh, I remember oh yeah yeah I always keep my, yeah I mean. you know who was really the best i think at doing some of this guerrilla marketing was sending unexpected gifts and things like that was t-sheets mm -hmm. they yes. did an amazing job i remember yeah. i was presenting I guess it was in Boise, Idaho, which is where they were. And when I checked into my hotel room, they had wine and a couple of wine glasses, a little opener and all that, along with a nice little note card. They came to the event the next morning with some Idaho spud potato candy bars to hand out with T-sheets, T-shirts that I could throw out to the attendees and stuff. And uh, so that brings up the Twinkie story, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I was getting ready. I was getting ready to go to London um, when QuickBooks was expanding over there in London. I was going to go over to help to teach some of the other pro-advisors and things like that about QuickBooks. And so I wanted to take something to London that they don't have. Well, their chocolate is amazing. Yes. Kansas City's known for barbecue, but I can't take barbecue sauce to throw out. <laughs> Here's and a brisket. I, catch. Yeah. Hey, Andrew, and, remember these? Oh, oh those yeah. are so good. <laughs> we got these in London. They were personalized. We called them our deep. name tags. <laughs> I was, love that's that. That's an Intuit touch. We showed oh. up and they gave us this you know, these little personalized dairy milk bars. And this oh, is the British, is so the British dairy milk, which is. Well, so I decided I'll take Twinkies. My husband works for Hostess. The Twinkies, they had gone, you know, Hostess had gone bankrupt. So they had no Twinkies for months. Well, the Twinkies finally came back and I said, this is perfect. I'll take Twinkies with me. It was like finding that hard to get Christmas toy. There were no Twinkies around. Everybody was buying them the minute they came in. I was calling like every grocery store, Walmart, Target, CVS, Walgreens. You got Twinkies? Nope. Got Twinkies? Nope. So I posted on Facebook. I had finally got like 
three or four boxes of Twinkies. I said, yay, I finally scored Twinkies to take to London. This is all I could find. Well, boys, uh, the Tishis people from Boise, they said, Michelle, we got Twinkies for you to take to London. And I said, well, that's great, but today's Tuesday and I leave Thursday. Not a problem. We will it. overnight the Twinkies to you. And I thought, okay, <laughs> great. They overnighted like three or four boxes of Twinkies to me. So my husband's like, you can't check those because I was going to put them in a bag and check them, right? It's they will freeze. Food. And squish. Yeah. He's like, you can't check those. You're going to have to take them carry on. Here I come through customs, <laughs> 80 <laughs> Twinkies <laughs> in my carry-on. I look like I have a serious Twinkie edition. I can't leave home without my Twinkies, right? <laughs> Lucky for me, I don't like them that much, so I don't eat them. But anyway. So they ask if you got anything to declare <laughs> in England. Well, Twinkies, and they're like, Twinkies, yeah, what? Hundred dollars worth of Twinkies? <laughs> it was awful. And so then one of the Intuit guys, he's one of these guys who's really into health and fitness and a healthy eater. And he's like, I don't want any Twinkies. Don't want any Twinkies. Finally, he's like, okay, I want to try a Twinkie. So I gave him a Twinkie and then he kept like, can I have another one? Can I have another Twinkie? <laughs> it's like, I created a monster. <laughs> you got him hooked. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun the whole Twinkie story, taking him over there. And yes, it was not fun going through customs. That was a whole nother problem and issue. I look like a terrorist, I guess. Did you declare them? You say, I, yes, I have a hundred dollars worth of Twinkies? Well, no, here's what screwed me up. I was going to be there like three and a half weeks. I was going for business, but I was also going to do personal stuff on the weekends right. and things like that. And I hadn't traveled a whole lot internationally before. So when they asked, are you here for business or personal? I can't lie. I should have just said personal. I said, well, I'm here for both. Well, that screwed me up. Why are you here so long? I'm not an Intuit employee. It was my why own do you have company. Twinkies? Why do I not have a letter? Why do you, yeah, why do you have 80 Twinkies? They detained me. No. They, wanted, they went, they looked at my website, wanted to terrorist. check out my business cards. Why are you here instead of somebody from London? I mean, I felt like I had to start bragging. Well, you know, look at my website, look at my books, look at my this. Don't Why you know who Michelle here? Long is? Have they, you not seen my LinkedIn group? They put me in the lockup with like metal tables, metal chairs, took oh everything I owned, gave me a little flip phone, told me to write down any phone numbers that I needed, took all that stuff. And then they said, let us know if you need to take a shower or if you need a change of clothing. I'm like, how long am I going to be here? And this other guy says, I've been here 14 hours. I'm like, oh my God, how, you know, what am I going to do? And I'm like, who do I call? It's the middle of the night everywhere. The only person I knew add into it, you know, who traveled a lot internationally, I called Rich Walker, who at the time was in corporate communications and stuff. And Anyhow, next thing you know, the Intuit attorneys down there, which they wouldn't let them talk to me either. Oh, wow. That's but, pretty cool. But they got me out within like five and a half hours, finally. And Intuit felt so time. bad. They were supposed to have sent me with a letter of introduction that I was coming over on their behalf or something like that. Anyway, when I finally got to my hotel room, I had Dom Perignon ch uh, champagne and chocolate covered strawberries with an apology note. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so awful because then I was afraid to, to like go to Paris. I was afraid I wouldn't be able to get back. And so right. I waited until the very end of my trip before I did that thing. But anyway, the Twinkies, yes, going through customs with all that. Oh, and I did tell that one customs agent I said, I'd offer you a Twinkie as I was leaving. I would offer you a Twinkie and, and let you have one, but I'm afraid now I'd be considered a bribe. So you ain't <laughs> getting one. 
<laughs> and I hope I don't meet you ever again. <laughs> oh. what, a, what, a, what a jerk. Like you're like, I'm coming awful. here to teach. Like it's, oh. I've been flown in because I'm the best in North America. Like, I, uh, I don't know about that, but it was, I should have just said I was coming there for personal. It well, the U- the so U.S. government there. actually stopped me once. I was flying in through Toronto. I was going to Milwaukee to visit my now wife. At the time I had, I was in a long distance relationship for about a year with my now wife so this is about 20 years ago and they asked all these questions um they said who are you coming to visit i'm coming to meet my or visit my girlfriend how'd you meet her oh long story i explained it and they thought i was trying to sneak into the u.s oh so wow. i got i had to go into secondary screening and same thing i was in a locked yeah. room with you know the cameras and the two-way mirrors and and they were really tough like yeah. I was lucky I had a really long layover for my flight to Milwaukee from from Toronto or I would have missed my flight and well, it was and, Christmas and, travel I was going for the holidays uh, and and I almost missed my flight and they, uh, it, they, didn't, yeah. they didn't care it was like no we you know it's, they, they wanted to make sure I wasn't sneaking in right yeah well and it gets it scares you because if if you're like me you've never been through that before so it scares you and i was sitting here thinking oh my god you know you hear stories of these people who are in a different country and they do something wrong and then they're locked up for years and they can't get out you know and 80 Twinkies might have put me over the edge. <laughs> at least you'd have something to survive. Did they leave you with the Twinkies at least so you had food? <laughs> no, they took everything, including my phone, gave me a flip phone with, you know, I had to write down whatever numbers I had, but they, they took everything I had. They yeah. went through everything in my they wallet. They have the right to go through everywhere. your phone, don't they? Like that's, I know that Homeland Security in the U.S. and I think the Canadian border it, guards. Canada does too. It, yep. Yeah, was, you, if you don't let give, give them access to your phone, it's, you're yeah. in trouble. Like yeah. they'll basically lock you up until you agree to open your phone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was definitely not a good experience. Whenever you get called into that secondary screening or whatever, it was it wasn't fun, yeah. you know. Yeah. And and I had never experienced that before, so you know it was kind of nerve wracking, especially because I was by myself, you know. So yeah. Anyway, I've, I've been through it a, a, a couple times. I've got some fun stories that I'll have to share in the after show. Um, one was going down to to uh, um, New Orleans for a stag, which was an interesting one. And then the other one was coming home from Mexico um, with bottles of rum when I was 12 because my parents would send them home with us. Um, But I'll have to share those for the after show because believe it or not, We've come to the hour. Oh, oh crap. Wow. See, we, did we lie, Michelle? Oh we said it's time flies and you're having fun. It uh, does. It does. So I, I do want to end this with, with one last maybe tip. Um, you know, what would be your number one tip for the accountants and bookkeepers out there on how to do a better job with their, with their QuickBooks files? How to do a better job with their QuickBooks files? Yeah. What would be the number one tip, the number one training tip that you give? I guess trying to keep up to date and, and reviewing them regularly, like, especially with your clients, don't wait until year in, try to do quarterly reviews, try to do monthly reviews, you know, try and try, because especially, especially with clients and stuff, the faster you identify that there's a problem, if you identify it at the quarter, they haven't done it all year. So the cleanup is faster and easier, you know? And so I think keeping an eye on things and monitoring things so they don't get too bad and identifying problems and issues before they get, really big and insurmountable is important 
And I guess that sort of correlates to like keep in touch with your client on a regular basis. Like don't wait until the quarter and then call your client with 150 questions, call yep. them on a weekly or a monthly basis. And, yep. and do. Um, yep. I do have one other question. I know we're, run, we're running short on time, but I, I was just curious for myself, how many small business owners do you see come through the cert trainings? Do you see many small business? Cause I actually always recommend to my clients Go do the cert. It's a great way to get some free training and learn the product. <laughs> we see some, but not it's not that many, maybe a handful. Right. Um, usually there's only less than five that would show up because Intuit tries to do a good job of only marketing to accounting yeah. professionals because that's what it is intended for. We don't want small businesses signing up for QBOA and getting a free account and things like that. No. We want them, we want them working with an accountant. Yeah. You know, and so it, it isn't intended for the end users. And a lot of times yeah. then they also will start asking lots of very specific questions for their business exactly. and it can derail yeah. the class. Um, and we don't want that either. So I'm sure yeah. you've had lots of those where you had to learn how to like take those guys who want to ask a million questions about how <laughs> do I get this for my specific <laughs> situation? No, I'm here to teach 500 people, not one. Yeah, that's, well, that's, that's kind of uh, the the challenge with the Facebook groups, the Facebook yeah. group I run. I want it to be for professional bookkeepers and accountants that provide services to businesses. Because yeah. the last thing you want are these businesses coming in and, and learning the secret sauce. We're talking about pricing or, mar you know, how to price this, right. or the cost on something that you don't want them to know. So that's right. the challenge is we sort of have to be a bit protective, but the tools you know, that help us do things a lot faster, exactly. like undo the bank rack, reclassify. We don't want don't them, let them know. We can actually do an entire month statements in like 15 minutes. <laughs> I know. <Yeah>. I know. <laughs> don't want to know how easy it is. Yeah. Okay. On that note, uh, we'll stick around, Michelle, stick around for the, for the bit of the after show. We'll I put a link in there. If, if, if people want to uh, come hanging out with us for a little bit, if Michelle wants to stick around, she's not sure. contagious and we're, it's <laughs> so we're zoom anyways. So perfect. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, thanks Michelle. It's great Michelle. It was a real honor to have you with us. Absolutely. Thank you guys. We'll see you guys back next week uh, with another amazing guest. Bye for now.